that soon says now the earth was formless and void for an empty darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of god was hovering over we see a god here who created a beautiful place and we see a god here who was revealed after a time that the creation that he made was you know uh, sabotage or what he created was no more and then we see that we see a god that in the midst of chaos he was in control he did not panic and we see a god here who now began a new set of creation according to his uh, intention if you look at uh, the scripture in the book of um, Isaiah in the book of Isaiah chapter 45 verse 18 it says for this is what the Lord says he who created the heavens he is God he who fashioned and made the earth he founded it he did not create it to be empty but formed it to be inhabited however verse 2 of genesis 1 says now the earth was formless and empty now i want to look at this in the context of leadership you will see god created the heavens and earth you will see god who has an intention revealed in isaiah that he did not create the earth to be empty however the earth was empty and you will see god establishing many principles of leadership there because though his intention was to create a very beautiful earth which he did now something took place and now the intention of god was frustrated because bible says god did not intend to create an empty earth but then earth was empty then you will see now actions of god thereafter he was the bible says that the earth was empty darkness covered the deep over, uh, it was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of the lord was hovering over the waters you see a god who in the midst of crisis and chaos he was still in control no panic all right now he now said and god said let there be light according to his thoughts and light came And God separated the light from the darkness. Order. He created and he put things in order. God called the light day. And darkness he called night. Definition of purpose. So God created orderly. And for everything he created, he defined them so that they can function within the capacity that is inborn them when i go into lecturing you you will discover many things in that so god spoke light to be and god spoke god defined light by his name in another words, the capacity that god had put into light determines the definition of what light is isn't it when we go ahead in our discussion 
you will discover that that is what they call contingency theory. And I will explain that very detail to you, but keep that in your mind. Considering theory is a theory that focuses on leadership by encouraging the team members to use their God-given grace, inborn abilities, as an approach to solving problems. So God called light day, and He called night dark, dark, He separated light and, and called He called light day and darkness night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Now look at verses, and God said, Let there be expanse between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the expanse and separated the waters under the expanse from the waters above it, and it was so. God called the expanse sky, and there was night evening and there was morning the second day and God said let waters under the sky be gathered into the one into one place and let the dry ground appear it was so God called dry ground land and um, and the gathered waters he called seas and God saw that it was good now if you look at all what God created God created things systematically. He did not create water. He did not call water to be first. Because he created light first. Because light is the life giver to all the things. Then God created the order and separated day from night. And God looked back to see that what he said is what has happened. Now, these are these few verses contain everything any human being can think about leadership theory. And then if you go further to that first verse, and God said, let us make man in our own image and let them rule. Yes. So God created man. God empowered man, and God created an enabling environment for him. You remember yesterday, our three principles to leadership, train to empower, equip to operate, release to fulfill. Now, which is, a leader is a person who has the ability to carry his team members to fulfill his own vision, but in collaboration. A leader is not somebody who is just running to do something and he's going ahead doing it. No, he's a person who can gather a people together and share a common goal with them, all right? And then enable those people, empower them, and then create an atmosphere for those people to be able to use their God-given gifts and talents such an atmosphere that everybody will be happy to run with the vision of the set man. Because they feel important in the common goal. Because they do not feel relegates in the common goal. Because both the traits, the personality, and the behavior of the leader 
is such that influences their action. They feel part of the team as well as being as well as being very happy of their individuality. So that as you train, they are empowered. So the areas that they need knowledge, you create training. Appropriate training for them to function. And when you train them, you equip them. Whatever necessary equipment needed, like the people in video section, they need camera, and they always change their cameras. Did you see that? That is leadership. So they change their cameras, they update themselves. The people in the PA system, the old one they are using is obsolete. Then they update themselves. The social media section, they are taught in all the modern technology that's available so that you equip them to be able to function. Haven't they been trained? So that the training they have will not just be an information that will die. When you have a training and you are able to implement your training, it, you become a professional. When you become a professional, you can never forget that till death. And it is when you become a professional that you can begin to innovate to improve your professionalism. So if you are a leader and you train people and you do not equip them, then you are, you are working against your energy. You are, you are drum, dumping your energy in the ocean. If you look at also, haven't trained them, therefore, you equip them, having equipped them, you, you give them enabling environment. That is, you release them. You give them autonomy to be able to execute instruction, but also autonomy, autonomy to be able to innovate. Haven't you been trained on this? You are free to now develop your own mindset. And I will take you through the reasons why this is very necessary for any leadership and this has to do with business leadership or when you look at um, you know um, uh, church leadership any leadership family home leadership this is all what leadership about but let me say that in the in the theories of leadership they divided leadership into various three regions the micro leadership the meso leadership and the macro leadership the micro-leadership, which is this tiny one, it is a personal-level leadership. That is you, your own person, as a leader. It refers to personal-level leadership. The meso-called leadership refers to leadership at a team level. That is to say that my, micro when you have been personally trained, then how do you apply your knowledge and ability in a team environment? All right? And the third one, which is the macro, so-called, is the systemic, organizational, and global leadership. That is saying that a head of department in a church is a meso-level leadership because he has a team of technocrats working with him. 
But a head of department now becomes a pastor. When you are a pastor, you are operating on a macro level. Because under a pastor will be several team leaders. Alright? Which could be your local church. But then, progressing from that, is a pastor who has a church. And he has various departments in the church. Where he has various team leaders. And then, the church became two. And then it became three. And then it became four. That is becoming an organization. And then the church went out of your country to be having branches in other countries that take you to global. And when you are talking about that, you are talking about concept of companies like HSBC. You are talking about concepts of companies like Unilever. You are talking about concepts of companies like Ajib or, or, you know, um, the big conglomerates. Because they do not have just one branch in one high street they have branches in their city in their nation and outside their nation now let me help you know something what is required for those leaders to know is what is required for a general overseer a ceo of big conglomerate should have the same mentality and reasoning faculty like a general overseer or a bishop and a local pastor should have the same mannerism of reason or, you know, um, uh, uh, knowledge like somebody who is uh, a director in a, in a city of a company, like, you know, all these sub-companies. And if you have just one church and that's all you are pastoring, it's just like somebody who is a director of, um, you know, one branch of a bank or any of these organizations. Now, let me help us understand this. If you look at what I've said to you, you will discover it in Genesis. When God created heaven and earth, how made provision God himself? The Bible says, and God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. And then he said, let them rule, define their, their, their position, their office. He did not appoint a leader, team leader, who has no definition. Understand at this time, the team has not been formed. But this man has been adopted by God to be a team leader. Alright? Now, the first thing is that for that man to be a team leader, God recognized that he has the first mandate of making that man like him. That's his first mandate. A successful leader is a person who can turn others to himself. At the beginning, he did everything by himself. But when he brought in a personal leader, you know, who is a micro leader, the first duty God has as a leader is to make in that man what he is. So he created him from the mud and he breathed into him. So that out of God came the man. Now, let me help you understand. Because this man just found himself in an environment that he had never known, God had to educate him. That, look, you are me, but you have body in the, that came from the clay. I have spiritual body. Now, I have to educate you of who you truly are, so that what is in you, God's given ability in you, 
will be able to rule over this body that you are putting on. So God met him in the cool of the day all the time. He visits them physically. He didn't send angels to them. He physically spent time with Adam and then with Eve. They have a time that God goes to them, sits with them, talks with them, educates them. And I'm sure at that time they'll be asking many questions. <clears throat> because they are just exploring this planet. Everything they see, they will be, they will be, God will give them tasks to do. God will come in the evening to check them. What is the evidence? Chapter 3 tells us that. That God came to check them as normal. And he found out that something had gone wrong here. Excuse me. And so when God found out something was gone wrong, I wanted to look at a, a very great principle of leadership. God didn't bash them. No. God didn't accuse them. He didn't tell them what was wrong. He asked them what was wrong. In the book of Isaiah, I think it's Isaiah 119, it says, Come, let us reason together, isn't it? So that is a, a typical element of um, high impact leadership. Being able to reason with your subordinates. And God said, where are you? And God allowed them to speak. But God knew everything. But he wanted to hear from them too. And that has been his principle from the beginning. Now when they told God that, you know, <laughs> uh, I am naked. Oh, that is a discovery. God said, how did you discover that? Because I didn't teach you that. Alright? And the man said, the woman that you gave me. Oh, God said, that's interesting. Woman, are you naked too? Oh, yes, Lord, I'm naked. Why? How did you know that? The serpent deceived me. Okay. Now that you are naked, God did not curse them. God just told them the consequence of their error. That now that you have disobeyed, the consequence of your error, man, is that in labor and sweat, you will earn your living now. Now, we need to understand that effective leadership is such that when people make blunders, we need to let them know the consequences of the blunder. Effective leadership does not pack people at the back. No. When you assign people, they make blunders. You need to help them to recognize that this blunder you have made, this is the consequence of it. Some consequences can be remedied. Some consequences may not be, that is the impact of such consequences may not be remediable. However, second thing you learn from God is that, haven't God told the man, this is the consequence, and told the woman now in pain you will bear children. Okay, not because God made you do that, but because what you have done attracts something. Every action has a reaction. Then God now, in his sovereignty, remedied, paid the price for them. By now slaughtering an animal, and that is where sacrifice was first introduced as a means of expiation for sin. And God established a precedence talking about the eternal sacrifice of his son that will remedy sin once and for all. But between that Genesis and his son coming, he established the principle of sacrifice unto God. Now let me say this to you. There is something about God as a leader that you know. 
He knows his onions. That is, God knows what he's doing. A leader must know what he's doing. You know, when I was going to my last lectures in, on leadership and the test that they gave us, one of the key areas, I will not talk about that now, I'll talk about that in the third lecture today, impact, the, the, the high impact leadership, is this. There are four thi- five things that, are, that is expected from leadership. And one of them is knowledge. A leader must acquire appropriate knowledge for him to function. Because area that you are uneducated, there will be a lacuna in that area. That is a gap. Are we together now? And if a leader is working in ignorance, you are stepping not on solid ground. You are working on sinking sand, which is a quagmire. Hallelujah, somebody. You will have gone too far in your error and have suffered great consequences of setback before you think twice. Because ignorance is the greatest killer of Christians. My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. That is the reason why for God to deal with Adam, God knows everything. Okay? So when he committed sin, God knows the consequence. And God knows what to do to stop progressive guilt and to remedy the situation. And not only that, God created an enabling environment for his, his creation. He put them in the Garden of Eden, you remember. And when they were driven out of the Garden of Eden, he gave them clothing. In the Garden of Eden, you don't need clothes because the glory of God wraps you up. And the moment they went out of Garden of Eden, he did a manufacture clothes for them. If you look at God, therefore, in his transaction with man from Genesis 1 to Genesis 4, you will see every theory of leadership in it. Having said that, let me just take you through some jargon. You will need it. I spoke to you about three levels of leadership. Micro, which is concentrating on your personal leadership. Meso, which is talking about team leadership. That is the reflection of your personal leadership in how you can manage a team and make leaders of a team. And we talk about macro, where you can now be somebody who can create several team leaders, and under them are members of each team, and you can all you can still in that position, having raised team leaders, ensure to make sure that your team leaders behave like you to raise team leaders. Now, let's talk about theories briefly. The first theory that is quite, um, quite uh, very elaborate is what they call the great man's theory. The great man's theory talks about heroes. Like if you look at the Bible, there are heroes of faith, there are heroes of old. The whole of Hebrew chapter 11 tells you about that. You have people like Samson, you have people like uh, Abraham, you know, people who started a new move. God said to Abraham, leave your country. He talks about Noah, isn't it? And he started a new, the new universe, uh, the new earth. So 
you have various heroes, people like D David, you know, who took over the battlefield and led I Israel to conquer. People like Saul, who was pessimist before, and eventually after he was ordained, he, he became a protagonist. And then he led them to battle and won the battle. You have several heroes in the Bible. You have king heroes. You have prophetic heroes. You have people like Deborah as a single woman who broke the ice. In the days that women are not relevant, she made women relevant. She made an imprint. She broke away from their social culture and then led the, the army to, to, to battle. That the head of the army submitted to her. Deborah, you have people like Esther. You know, we, we, if, we, if we want to explore, explore the Bible, we will have several heroes in the Bible. Okay? So, heroes, therefore, are people who faced challenges of their time and made a difference. And that is a type of leadership which this world has known. You have, in our own time, you have people like Abraham Lincoln, you have people like Mary Slezor, you have several heroes like that. I will not say Adolf Hitler is a hero because of the he's a, he was a hero but bad one. So you have great man's theory that talks about heroic leadership, but you also have the trait theory. The trait theory is a theory that looks at the personalities of people or their background traits. T R A I T, traits theory. This looks at, you know, personalities of people, and there are some people, the trait theory believe that some people are born leaders. And these people carry uh, most same traits. There are some common traits among those who are born leaders. And I think if you do personality tests, those are the protagonists. Some of the traits that um, are analyzed, that are found in, you know, those who are born leaders. Articulacy, number one. Commitment. They articulate. They are committed. That is articulacy, commitment, decisiveness. That is three. Then determination. Education. Let me say that I will read it through. I will give you this printout. Education, energy, that is, they can easily influence other people. Intelligence, they are very smart. And people who are also, when I say education, they always acquire, acquire, acquire education to be relevant. They always want to be relevant. They always want to know what they are doing. Then honesty, very, very honest they are. Then intelligence, then persistence. You know, the area of intelligence, I'll tell you what happened is that people who have the acumen, I believe it because the Bible says it. There are people born like that. The intelligence is anything that you are saying, they are smart to understand it. If they talk to you in your field, which they have never been, they only need to talk to you briefly, they understand it. 
Really, when they understand your field, they can disbalance your understanding. They will challenge what you know. That is about them. Because they are always curious to know. And in curious, being curious to know, I, I can say personally that the reason why such people have such understanding is this. When they talk to you, they are alert fully. Many people, when they talk to others, they just talk. What you say, they're gone. They can't remember it. When, you know, a bond leader talks, he's asking questions from you. He's not asking to ridicule you. He's asking to know what you're saying. And because of that curiosity, he listens with his heart, not his mind. And as you are talking, he can be thinking of many applications of what you are saying, which does not come to your own contemplation. His intelligence questions. Another thing about them, about the traits, is persistence. They never give up until they get their result. Then responsibility. They are very sociable, sociability, and self-confidence. Another person, for interest of uh, education, Corcuses and Ponsner, they came about some other traits. Broad-mindedness. Competent. Dependable. Fair-minded. Forward-looking. They also share together in honesty. Inspiring, intelligent, supportive, and straightforward. Hey, let me ask you this, therefore. There is one man who has all these things in abundance. What is his name? Simple. If you look at all these things that they have said, every bond leader has them in a degree. And when they come to a, a challenging factor in life, different challenges will cause different variations in a mortal man, in all these things they are writing. No mortal man is perfect, all this. But you see, the important thing about trade theory is that the trade theory believes that a person can be born leader, which is true. There are some people that just in their, their, they, they are born to just build those things. However, the third one is called behavioral theory. While the great man's theory and trait theory define leadership as looking into the traits and personal qualities of a person, behavioral theory looks differently. It focuses on the, on the action of people. It focuses on the action. It defines a leader by what he's doing. Because there may be people who don't have those traits, but they're actively leading. And they're able to achieve mentoring others. They may, be, they may fail in some of the traits, but give them a job to do. They will go to their team, and it will be done. So, the behavioral theory focuses on action.
action. And let me say this to you, that as an organization, they don't care about your traits. What they want to see is action. So if you say you have many traits, they don't care about it. What your trait produce is action. And I think one of those people are pastors. Am I not correct? A pastor gave you assignment. Whether you can turn mountain to valley is not his business. His business is that the, 20, the, the, the 72 came back and said, even demons submit to us. That is behavioral theory. Luke 10, 18. Anything you can talk about behavioral theory is that. But you see, the behavioral theories do not believe that individuals are born leaders. They don't believe that. Hence, leadership is not about trade or you know, about your personalities. It's about what you have done. Action. And they believe that anyone can become a leader through their theory. Having said that briefly, the next one is the fourth one, isn't it now? It's contingency theory. Contingency, contingency theory, unlike trait theory and behavioral theory, it singles the best approach of leadership. It acknowledges that this, the, this, the, there is no sorry. It it's, it's acknowledges that there is no single approach to leadership. Is it not the same thing? Because the behavioral theory does not believe in a, in a bond leadership. It believes that what you do is what is leadership. And the the theory says that uh, you know you have these qualities and it's important in you. But the contingency theory says that well, there is not just one approach to leadership, which is sensible. Because they believe that there are various challenges that leadership can face. And everyone who wants to be a successful leader must be able to just, um, you know, lead regardless of the context. That is the uh, approach. It attempts to define the style of leadership that works, at, that works best in each different situation. Let me help you understand this. When I was writing, uh, I just finished an exam yesterday night while we were submitted one. After preaching, I went up to finish it and make sure that I meet up with the deadline. This is what I wrote to them. Christ with Tabernacle have very solid leadership structure and models and styles. But I found out that the style of leadership in England is different from the style of leadership in Germany. It's different from the style of leadership in Nigeria. And it's different from the style of leadership in India. Why? Cultural differences. So I wrote to them. They were very intrigued when they saw my writing because they haven't taught us all this. I'm just talking about my organization. 
And I, as a leader, we have a structure, that structure applicable to all. But our style of leadership, when I come to London, when I go to Germany, I relate to them differently in my style of leadership because their culture, there are some things that Germans do, British don't do. There are some things Germans believe. British, when I talk about corporate governance, I will tell you, you know, you know, some stuff about this. You know? There are style of, of governance that does not work in Germany, and it works in England. And there are style of governance that does not work in England, but that is what German just does. Especially German, German governance and the French governance. They look similar because both of them are under what we call civil law jurisdiction. And in England, we're on common law jurisdiction. Someone was discussing with me about Nigeria before I came up here. I said now that uh, the person we said had come in as the president. We will go there to help him. Okay? And this is the solution. This will help you. What's the problem of Nigeria? It is the issue of governance that affects leadership. Nigeria has American type of governmental system, but they have British type of legal system. So, you can't get nothing done. Because if you follow American type of you know, political system, then you should have embalm the American type of legal system, which is civil law. And that will help every state in Nigeria will be independent. They will have their own police. They will run their own government. They will manage their own mineral resources. And you have the federal, which is the federal government. Each one of those states will have their own Supreme Court. They will have their own power and laws that governs them. They are dominion. Remember when I was teaching you about dominion and kingdom? That is, that is um, you know, American system. So, and then you have the Supreme Court. So that the Army, Air Force, and the, and the, and the Navy are for federal. Isn't it? Uh-huh. But if you run parliamentary, if you run common law system, which is what they run in Nigeria as the, as the law, then you should have parliamentary system. That's the reason why there is sanity in England and there is insanity in Nigeria. Hallelujah, somebody. So, those kind of mismatch will never allow effective leadership. Because the law and the government or the governance must work pari pursue. You cannot live in England under French law. Because marriage in French law is different from marriage in English law. I'm looking at all of you. I said that that man came in. You are looking at me like that. <laughs> did I not tell you, Pastor Dagbo, when I was in Nigeria last month, did I not tell you that God will, God will double-cross them? And I said the one they are thinking would not be. I said because they didn't pray for that one and his four years was over, God will impose him upon them for another three years. I told him time. Good. Mm-hmm. And I told them I didn't mention Nemo. <laughs> So that I don't go and quote apostles that apostles influence the voting of Nigeria. 
I will not say that I know the person, but I don't want to say it. What do you mean by I want to say it? I just spoke in tongues. This is the tongue I spoke in. You know, in my former tribe, not now that I'm English. No, we can change. If you're a member of the United Kingdom, today you can be a Scot. Tomorrow you can decide to be a Welsh. You can decide to... Anyone that, uh, you know, pendulum swing to, that's what you are. Because you are United Kingdom anyway. Isn't it? I wonder why they give everybody British passport. In United Kingdom. Because we're all British, isn't it? Though you may be a Scot or a Welsh or Irish, they said let me say this to you. Under the kingdom, whatever, wherever good is, that's who you are. If there is good in England, you are English. If there is good in Scotland, you are a Scot. If you are good in Northern Ireland, you move. <laughs> so it doesn't matter the decision we make in Brexit. All right, let's carry on now. <laughs> God is funny. When God allow a man to to in Africa, when God allow a man to rule, they will say he rigged, as if they too didn't rig. Uh-huh. <laughs> Rigmania versus <laughs> Christians should not be caught caught up in all those jingoisms. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. The Bible says there is no authority but from above. above. Uh, But no one will be there and never leave. When God's time is up, He will either remove you alive or (laughs) send you to where your forefathers belong. (laughs) God does not need to struggle. Only need to send one angel to pass through. And the person will beg in the morning. So in contingency theory, therefore, it identifies the style of leadership that works at best occasion. Now, if it identifies the, the style of best leadership approach, you will agree with me, therefore, that system is divided into two parts, path goal theory and situation, situational theory. The path goal theory helps other to, others to reach their goal by encouraging them to match their inheriting ability, okay, to the task that they find meaningful and fulfilling. So, when you give them an you know, a team, a work, they encourage them that look, what area do you have natural ability? All right, look at something in this joint task that your natural ability can satisfy, and take that up. That is the path goal theory. However, the situational theory says leaders can adjust their leadership style to suit the abilities of their team members. That is, I have in my team a pessimist, a protagonist. In my team, I have somebody with low self-esteem. As a leader, when I deal with the protagonist, I would deal with him differently to the pessimists. I was writing something about this last week. And I wrote there 
that uh, one of the elements that they said that I have from their computer is that um, I'm very assertive. And when I wrote there that I'm very assertive, somebody wrote back and said that, be careful of your being assertive because that can put people away from you. And then I wrote back to answer that because I have to. Because once they write about you, what you said, my, my, my telephone, anywhere I am, the message will come to my telephone that you have a message. I click on it, I go straight to our discussion. So, I now have to help that person understand that the reason why you said this is in industry, in industry that you are working, maybe that's applicable. I am a bishop. My terrain is the church. And the church comprises of all people. And I have a duty, bonded duty by my definition, to make sure that everybody fulfills purpose. So in the case whereby I have a person in a team who has low self-esteem, what will happen in team operation is that that person has always been undermined and neglected while others run with the job and do it, and he will just be following them, say, we did it. Whereas he is not improving. And in church setup, I have to make sure I turn a pessimist to a person of faith. Therefore, when I look at my element of assertiveness, it's not over a protagonist because it doesn't need it. But somebody who is a pessimist and somebody who have low self-esteem, I need to be very assertive to help him know that, look, this step you have taken, you know, usually those who, are, who have low self-esteem, when they take a step, they doubt themselves. That is their normal character. But I have to come to let him know that, look, that step you have taken is the right one. Come on, take another step. You can't. Come on, push. That is being assertive. And that person, I can bring them, and I said to him that, I will bring them gradually in a short time. I have changed their mindset from a pessimist to, if you don't call him a protagonist, then he must be a very firm leader. I said I raised more than 1,000 youths. My lecturer wrote straight. <laughs> they want to know who you are. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. So, that style of leadership, you need to understand it. Situational leadership theory is very, very straightforward. You as a leader must approach each person according to their ability and then change style, leadership style. You can't have just one leadership style over a team of members. Number what now? Two more. Transformational leadership. Yes. And... The last one is servant leader. Transformational leadership and servant leader. I think I'm going to stop here because we have just three more minutes. Yes? Now, if you look at all this leadership style I have told you, I read to you, beginning from the great man's theory and threat theory and behavioral theory, and contingency theory, you will agree with me that they are what you have been doing as a Christian leader. Yes? So do it in your industry. Apply it in your industry. Apply it to your personal life at home. Apply it to your marriage among your children. 
I say this. Satan can't hinder a Christian if the Christian is smart in God. Because what the Bible teaches you, if we can do all to go up in life, we'll be smooth. Where we need grace is where we falter. And because we falter, somebody is exploiting that weak point to hinder us from going forward. Then we pray for mercy. That is where mercy interjects and overrides that person. And God still takes you beyond where you are to the top. And then challenges you at that top. Because God will make sure that what you have been shying away from, which has been your weak point, when they now promote you, that will be the job they will give you. It's God who arranges it. Amen. He had promoted you, but he will give you a promotion with responsibility that will make you go and improve in that area because you know that is what had delayed you all your life in the position you used to be. Unfortunately, some Christians will be complaining, my boss is doing this. If your boss give you work, what did they employ you for? They employ you to do work. To work. I think, let me just, okay, I will talk about, I, I, they, I will, not only two I will look at, I look at trans, transactional leadership, transformational leadership, and also the servant leader. I believe you have been blessed. God bless you and thank you.